Welcome to New Catholic Church. You're listening to this week's sermon by Pastor Daryl Finch. Christmas is here. Are you ready? Are you ready for Christmas? Ready or not? You know, it seems to half the fun of Christmas is looking forward to it. The actual Christmas event is often anticlimactic to the anticipation. Everyone knows the Christmas story, or so we think. Uh, I want us to look at someone this morning that you don't find in any nativity scenes or on many Christmas cards, but was a significant player in that first Christmas pageant. If you have your Bibles, turn to Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2. And we're going to begin reading in verse 25. Behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose, whose name was Simeon. And this man was righteous and devout, looking for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came in the Spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to carry out for him the custom of the law, then he took him into his arms and he blessed God. I'll just take that story right there. Now, I can imagine... It's now 40 days after the birth of Jesus. Jesus is 40 days old. Joseph and Mary have brought their son to Jerusalem to obey the law of purification and redemption of the firstborn. They were following the law of Moses. According to Exodus chapter 13, verses 2 and 12, purification for Mary and five shekels of redemption for the firstborn. They were just doing what was required. And then a man shows up. Now, I've always thought, because it was in the temple, that this was a prophet or this was a priest. That's not what the Scripture says. It just says, a man showed up. I can imagine a white-headed man working his way down the streets of Jerusalem, people calling his name, and he waves, but he, but he doesn't slow down to talk. He has a place to be. He hasn't time to lose. One translation says, prompted by the Spirit, he came to the temple. We don't know how the prompting came. It may have been a scripture. It may have been a nudging from within. We don't know. The Bible doesn't say. It just says he was led by the Spirit. And somehow Simeon knew to clear his schedule for the day and head for the temple. And this wasn't the first time that he had heard God's voice. That God had spoken. Another time the Holy Spirit had revealed to him that he would not die until he had seen the Messiah, God's anointed king. You've got to wonder what a message, what a word like that would do to a person. Scripture implies that he believed and received the word. Simeon, here's the picture I get. Simeon was a man on tiptoe, wide-eyed and watching for the one who would save Israel. And he was about to be satisfied. Simeon's name means one who hears. Literally, hears and obeys. One who hears. What distinguishes him is not his position or not his place, but his character and his godliness. Look at the description that the Scripture says. This man was righteous and devout, looking for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. It's amazing what the Bible can say in just a few words. This man was righteous and devout, looking for the consolation of Israel. The Holy Spirit was upon him. Righteous. The word primarily here is focused on his conduct toward others. 
Yes, it means that you're right with God, but this was talking about this. Not only was he right with God, but because of that, he was right with man. He was considered a man full of God-honoring action. He was devout. That word could be translated careful. He lived a careful, cautious life, careful to obey God, careful to honor God. Where righteous was his relationship with man, devout was his relationship with God. I personally believe this could be speaking of his concern with what he discovered from the Word of God. If you had been told that you would not die until you saw the Messiah, wouldn't you try to find out everything you could about the Messiah? He probably spent years poring over the prophecies, listening to the teachings, going to the rabbis, gaining everything he could about the one who was to come because he had been told, you're not going to die until you see the Lord's Christ. He would have made the word his life because his life was tied to seeing the hope of Israel. Simeon was looking for the Messiah. I love that word, looking. In the Greek, it's prosdekomai. He lived a life of expectation. That word prosdekomai means to, 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 his motion of his life was looking forward. To look with expectation to receive. Our word probably in English today would be anticipation. He lived with anticipation. Looking for the consolation of Israel. That was a phrase that described the Messiah. Consolation, it's funny because in the Greek it means, it comes from parakleos, which we get our word paraklete, which means the comforter. He was looking for the comfort of Israel, which was the Messiah, the, the one who was going to deliver and free and make them great. Simeon lived his life looking forward. Now, something I discovered in my study this week that I was so <laughs> intrigued by, he says, according to a tradition in Eastern Orthodox Church, Simeon had been one of the 72 translators of the Septuagint. And as he meditated over the translation of Isaiah 7:14, where it says, Behold, a virgin shall bear, shall conceive, this tradition of Eastern Orthodox says that he was considering translating, changing the translation or translating it from Hebrew to Greek, not as virgin, but as woman. This woman would conceive. And, the, and there, according to their tradition, that while he was considering that, an angel appeared to him and told him he would not die until he had seen the Christ born of a virgin. Now, the Bible doesn't say that. Tradition says that Simeon, Lived until he was 113. Now you think about that. The Bible doesn't say any of that. But the Eastern Orthodox tradition. Been passed down was what said that. Here's the whole point. He lived his life in anticipation. In expectation. You know I'm getting older. And us senior citizens. Sometimes we, be, we tend to be consumed with the past. What God has done. Simeon was fixated on the future. What he was going to see. And then the Bible says the Holy Spirit was upon him. He was a man deeply influenced and controlled by the Spirit of God. Now folks, this is before Pentecost. This is before the, the Spirit was upon him. Now, 
We would think that about a prophet or we'd think that about a priest, but this was a man from Jerusalem. He lived this way in light of his promise. The Holy Spirit had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. This promise radically affected the way Simeon viewed life and the way he lived his life. We don't know how long he had known this. We don't know how long he had hoped this. But certainly this promise is what drove his life. I can imagine from the time he got the revelation. Do you imagine waking up in the morning, Simeon waking up in the morning wondering, is this the day? As long as he was alive on earth, maybe the Christ was already there. But he wouldn't die until he saw him with his own eyes. He lived in that promise. The anticipation focused his life. He kept showing up. He kept honoring his God. He kept waiting for the promise. This was key to his devotion. He was in it for the long haul. He wasn't afraid of dying. He wasn't afraid of missing it because he had a promise. Much of the time we want to... You know how we wait in America? We wait with a stopwatch. Okay, I'm going to wait. Click. One, two, three. Click. It hadn't happened. We need to learn to wait with a calendar. We need to wait with a calendar. The promise of God is sure and certain because He cannot lie. But so much of my life, I've got these words from God and I click and I prayed about it, prayed about it, and clicked. It hadn't happened. And I wonder if I've missed God. I wonder, none of that is implied here. Simeon didn't wonder if he missed God. He was anticipating what God had said. How many promises in your life have you waited on with a stopwatch? Thinking it's not going to happen. Simeon anticipated, focused on the future. Simeon didn't know when, but he knew his promise. What do you think he expected to see? You'll not die until you see the Lord's Christ. I, I can imagine I would have expected a warrior like David who was going to set him free. A, a wise one like Solomon who was going to confound the world. A, a prophet like Elijah or Elisha. The Bible doesn't say. Whatever Simeon imagined, it could not begin to measure up to what he was blessed to experience. He listened and responded to the Holy Spirit that was upon him, and he was right on time. The verse 27 says, in the message, is led by the Spirit, he entered the temple as the parents of the child Jesus brought him in. Now look at verse 28. And he took him into his arms and he blessed God. And he said, Now, Lord, you are releasing your bondservant to depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the presence of all peoples. A light of revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. You think about what he just said. He just he took the baby out of Mary and Joseph's arms and held him in his own arms. <coughs> Can you imagine what Mary and Joseph thought? Don't drop him. 
You know what it would be a, a young mother that, that has just went through the experience of the promise and then a, a man just appears and takes your baby out of your arms at 40 days old <coughs> and then holds it and then begins to praise and worship. If you look down at verse 33, it says that uh, Mary and Joseph marveled at these things of what was spoken over him. Now think about this. They marveled at what was spoken. Now this is Mary and Joseph. They were in possession of the promise. But they marveled because, you see, it's so hard to understand all that God has really done. If you're not marveled by the work of God... You need to have an upgrade. If it doesn't marvel you every day. You see, so much we live in the past. We've got to understand there's a promise. Most people in the temple court that day missed that little couple that walked in with their baby. But the face of one old man, Simeon, lit up with extravagant joy. He came up to this couple, took their baby in his arm, looked heavenward, and began to praise God. How did he know? There was nothing physically extraordinary about Jesus or Mary or Joseph. There was no halo, no parade of dignitaries. All that Simeon had was God's Word and the Holy Spirit's revelation. And he overflows with praise. Then the words came, I can die now. You've kept your promise. My eyes have seen your salvation. And that's a funny thing. The word salvation there doesn't mean salvation that's going to be accomplished. It doesn't mean even deliverance. It's soterios, which literally means, it's a word that means I've seen the one fitted to save. I've seen the one that in him is salvation. He's the one that's going to accomplish it. It wasn't that this salvation is now and it's in Him. I've seen Him who is your salvation. Literally, the one who embodies it. And then He gives God all the credit, which you've prepared for all people. Simeon saw all this in a baby of a common couple. With eyes of faith, Simeon saw in their arms the light of the world, born to bring hope to all peoples. My question is, do you see him? Do we really see Jesus? Or do we see teaching? This same Jesus who was born in Bethlehem, lived a perfect life, died for sin on the cross, was buried in a borrowed tomb, and on the third day rose victorious over sin and death and hell. He's promised to come again. To wrap all this up and finally and fully bring God's kingdom. As I was reading and as I was looking at the Christmas story, the one thing that I... Am I anticipating this Jesus? Am I looking, am I on tiptoe? Living in anticipation of His kingdom. So much of the time when a preacher comes to Christmas, he's preached it for all these years. And I realized, this Christmas, am I anticipating the future the way I interpret the past? Is it just as sufficient? Is this Jesus 
really coming again? And do I live in the, on the edge of that anticipation? You see, Simeon lived looking for the promise. Do you believe to the extent that Jesus is coming? Do you really believe that He's coming again? Do you believe that to the extent that you're eagerly looking for His appearing? Does that hope keep you and empower you, call you to live your life as a witness to that hope? It's easy to look back to Christmas, but how much do we look forward to His coming? Challenges me, because here's the thing, I want to be like Simeon. I want to hear and respond. I want to be looking for Jesus, the coming King. I want to know the reality of His person, the power of His presence, and the promise of His coming to feed my outlook. I don't want to live in the past, but focus my eyes on my promise. My cry as I prepared this was, Holy Spirit, stir my heart. Open my eyes to see. Give me a revelation of what you are doing in our day. I don't want to miss a moment. Second coming, I can hear some of you saying, second coming, I've heard that all my life. We've had so many predictions and promises. You know, there's 88 reasons He's coming in 88. We've had so many different things in those times and seasons past. And here's the thing, I think all of that's the tool of the enemy and the test of the Father. A tool of the enemy to confuse us and confound us, but the test of the Father to say, blessed is the one who is found watching. Living in anticipation. You see, I'm afraid, I know, let me just say this personally, I'm afraid that I've settled on what Christ has done. I'm living my life on the basis of the past. I'm not sure that the Holy Spirit is really having the opportunity to stir in me of what's coming. So this Christmas, I want God to stir in me the promise I have. I'm just like Simeon. I want to be like Simeon. Second coming? <laughs> you know, preacher, don't, you, you don't really... Yeah, I do, because the Scripture says something in Second Peter 3, 9. I'm going to read it out of the message. It's going to be on the screen. God isn't late about His promises. Some men can't measure late. See, we, we keep measuring it with a stopwatch. God's not even measuring it with a calendar. He's measuring it for the fullness of time. When it's all done. He's not late He's restraining Himself on account of you. Holding back the end because He doesn't want anyone lost. He's giving everyone space and time to change. But when the day of judgments, the day of God's judgment does come, it will be unannounced like a thief. The sky will collapse with a thunderous bang and everything disintegrating in a huge conflagration. Earth and all its works exposed to the scrutiny of judgment. Since everything here today might well be gone tomorrow, do you see how essential it is to live a holy life? Daily expect the day of God, eager for its arrival. The galaxies will burn up and the elements melt down that day. But we'll hardly notice. We'll be looking the other way. 
ready for the promised new heavens and the promised new earth, all landscaped with righteousness. You know, when you read these verses, most of us think about what that fire is going to be like and what it's going to be like for the stars to fall. And here, what Peter's really saying, we're not even going to notice because we're going to be looking for the promise. Can you imagine not noticing the whole world being destroyed because you've got your eye on the promise? Wouldn't that cure a lot of fear when we get our eyes on the promise? I want to challenge you this Christmas season. Just stop. Am I anticipating the future the way I have remembered the past? Am I anticipating the Christ? Now, here's the question. Are you looking for Jesus? Are you looking for Jesus? Let's pray. Thank you for listening to this week's message. For more information or to listen to past sermons, go to newcovenantlampasses.com.